The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up. And here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. What's going on, Big Keith? Not much. I think my voice is coming back a little bit. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, I was editing that episode and I was like, boy, his voice was worse uh, worse than I thought. Like it, 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 it's in, bad. in the it room, bad. it was not so bad. But after I was editing and I was like listening, I was like, wow. I'm like, that was... That was worse than when I was looking at things. Yeah. It, uh, I felt bad for you. It stuck around for about three weeks, and uh, it's starting to come come off of it now. But Yeah, you definitely sound better <clears throat> tonight, for sure. It's just like this feeling like there's something in there, but I can't get it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's terrible. It's yeah. Like a, yeah. Well, I uh, we, we did an episode. We were talking about tactical games and CrossFit and working out, and I said, I'm going to go after it, and I popped a rib. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I went to, I have a great chiro- chiropractor and like anytime I get like a little, you know, thing going on, he, he's great. And uh, he said, uh, how can I describe this to you so you'll understand? He said, you know, when you take a plastic bucket with the metal handle, yeah, you ever like go to like drop the handle and it gets stuck in the hole? Kind of the yeah. He goes, that's your rib. He's <laughs> like, you, you, you moved and twisted and breathed all at once in the wrong way and it just threw your whole body off. Oh, and, I was like, and I said, I guess I'm getting old. Yeah, that could be it. I just want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I'm going to ask if you would be so kind if you could leave us a comment on Spotify on any of today's uh, topics. We're going to hit on all kinds of stuff. So if you find something particularly interesting or possibly infuriating, because I feel like some of this <laughs> stuff might be infuriating. Oh, I got uh, a story to tell you too. Let's uh, let's comment, come on in and comment on Spotify and uh, and let us know what you think. And of course, if you want to really become part of our inner circle, make sure that you join our Discord page. Lots of fun in there. And I have a link to it in the show notes. And you can always reach out to me on Instagram, DM me if you want. And hey, we could chat. And I can also give you the invite to Discord on there as well. So today's show is brought to us by Onsite Firearms Training. They're a highly qualified group of instructors who are constantly improving their craft. On top of their regular teaching staff, they also host lots of other world-renowned instructors from all over the country. Whatever your shooting needs are, you're guaranteed to find a course that will make you a better shooter. So check them out at OFTLLC.us and get trained by the same outfit that trains the gun experiment. Tonight's guest co-host was on the gun experiment a couple months back and is back to chop it up with us. I'm pleased to welcome back Karen Hunter of Secure It Gun Storage. Karen, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing okay. On the mend, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up at the whole, I'm sorry that your rib. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very nice way of saying he's old, Karen. Thank you. That's funny. Well, this was a weird one because- Because um, so you're old. I'm going to say it right off the bat. I'll get it out of the way. I do jujitsu. And <laughs> this is going back um, probably about a year, about two, almost two years ago. And I was rolling with this guy and he's significantly bigger and he uh, put all his weight down on me and I felt my rib kind of like, I was like, Ooh, that hurt. And like an idiot, I was like, he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, let's keep going. And I just, it got worse and worse and worse. And to this day, I still have like a little, a little bump where that rib uh, decided to move on me. So yeah, yeah. This was more embarrassing because this was really nothing other than me just walking around and uh, hurting myself. (laughs) So how are you doing health-wise or other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All my ribs are in place. So that's Thank good. 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 Um, actually just got back from Idaho um, yesterday. Oh, were you picking potatoes? 
No, <laughs> I was visiting a new ammunition company. Um, I was at their plant and oh. it's actually quite exciting. So um, I can tell you that's got to be cool to like tour an ammunition plant. Yeah. You know, and I know there's all sorts of ammunition companies that pop up, but this one's really big, like out of the gate, it'll be able to compete with, um, you know, the top ammo companies. It's huge. Wow. Um, it, do you want, I mean, do you want to mention who they are? I mean, yeah, yeah I can really do that. Um, Federated ordinance. Okay. And they're out of Idaho, obviously Boise and um, brand new. And they have, I, I can tell a little bit about this, but I can't tell too much, but they're sure. going to be um, right now. They're doing nine millimeter and they just started five, five, six. Um, okay. Next year they're going to start manufacturing primers. Um, wow which is huge. They'll be the largest manufacturer in the world and based right here in the U S. Um, yeah. I mean, there's only like three primer manufacturers now. So getting another one in there is a big yes. deal. And I think they'll be able to, it was like a billion a year. So wow, big, big deal for um, that. And then all of their ammunition is everything is produced in house. Like we got to go through, it, it was phenomenal and it's all, you know, NATO. It's, it's great. So, um, that was really, really exciting. And then they hadn't had snow yet until I got there and, um, there was a storm and, um, the gentleman that was traveling and, uh, you know, doing the tour with me, he had to leave, he drove. So he had to leave early. Um, I had picked this Airbnb to stay at that was out in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely gorgeous. But in the middle of the snowstorms, when that one, when the roads became roadworthy, I'm like, I got to get out of here because another one was coming that night. And then, so I went to, you know, back into town. I was about 40 you know, minutes away from Boise. So I got an Uber, which that was a miracle, um, <laughs> back to town. And then like that next morning at six o'clock, six inches just dumped on wow. the whole, I don't know, but it was beautiful. Finally, a couple flights were delayed, but I finally got home. But um, yeah, it was a great trip and I'm excited. I'm going to be, this is for an article that's going to be in Guns and Ammo. Oh, okay. very cool. Yeah. So that'll be really exciting to talk about and it'll be exciting to see where they're going. They'll be at SHOT Show. Um, so yeah. Cool. So speaking of SHOT Show, are you ready? Is Secure going to be out there and you're going to be doing your thing? Yes, we are. We do not have a booth, but we have product in so many people's booths. <laughs> um, God, that's cool. A lot of people use our gun wall panels as their backdrop and this is why I love this industry. It's so relationship based. Typically people sure. don't like to share their booth space, which is totally, you know, understandable because they're, they're showcasing their product. Um, right. Almost every one of these people um, are putting up like what, if they have like our gun wall panels as their backdrop, they're putting up like one of our stickers that has our company's name with a QR code to go to our website which is essentially sharing booth space. And I'm just like, right. Yeah. It's like uh, free marketing, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, these people are just great. Like I just, <laughs> I, know, I love working in this industry, but we'll be there. Um, you'll see, it'll be myself, our CEO, Tom, and we just hired um, a new marketing director, Josh Kinzer. Um, cool. Yeah. He's great. So we'll be running around the show all week. So I'm excited. So I'm curious. And obviously maybe you can or can't say, but any new products from you guys coming out? For shot? Um, yeah. Well, yes, I can say one because it's already on the website. We have okay. several others coming that I'm super excited about, but we're actually going to do a launch and have okay. a media event for those. Um, cool. So they'll be out probably um, sometime in April. But one I can't tell you about is we have a new uh, ammo and gear cabinet, the Agile 
14 and it's pretty awesome. So it's not, it's not something that has like a combination lock on it. It's not like a fast access, you know, keypad type code. It's a key, but you can actually bolt it on top of the agile 52 and just use it to store ammunition, use it to store gear. I don't know. It's, it's awesome. So very cool. Excited about that one. I'd love to talk about the other ones, but I know <laughs> I have to ask though. I, yeah. I have to ask. Sometimes yeah. we catch people forgetting and they just say it anyway. So right? <laughs> we make, we make them feel so comfortable. They just start talking, you know, I will t- I'll sneak one in here. I'll sneak one. We have a um, power pack coming that you can put inside your safe that, um, you know, you can, where you can plug things in. It's got a USB port. This way you can charge anything you need to charge while it's sitting inside your safe. It's pretty, okay. pretty cool. Pretty cool feature. So that makes it nice for like, you know, anything you need to charge or anything you'd want to. Yeah. I, you see, I you see how that works. We were like, yeah, we don't really want to know anymore. We're not, we're not going to push. And you're just like, oh, I'll just, I'll volunteer all the One information. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah easily exactly. persuaded. <laughs> so, uh, you're also, obviously you're still writing. We know you went out to Idaho. Any other new articles other than, than for yeah, the animal um, manufacturer? I'm getting into, um, I've always been on the tactical self-defense side, home defense. That is my, my wheelhouse. It's where I live. It's, you know, Everything, you know, everything I love and I'm passionate about. But recently I started getting into like um, the conservation side of things. And Mm -hmm. I've seen like a whole like slew of articles coming out that are anti-conservation, like kind of like the anti-gun. Right. And I'm like and they're saying that conservation isn't really a thing. This is just an excuse for people to trophy hunt. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. So I am always that person that, you know, I want to fight the right battle. Like, I I don't know. So I'm just, so I'm starting to educate myself in that and get into that. And um, I'm writing an article about that. Um, I can't get too far into the weeds on that one, but um, I'll be doing a hunt in California um, covering, you know, the whole aspect of conservation. And then I'm also going to Africa in April to do a conservation t- style hunt with Mossberg. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. And th- what they're doing is, um, this is just so perfect. They're taking people who have never hunted or have never hunted abroad before. And so prior to going, um, we are all going to go to gun site and do a class of what to expect when you're hunting in another country, that style of hunting, the importance of educating yourself on, all the things, all the things I don't know yet. So we'll do that class in February and then we'll be doing the trip in March. So couldn't be more excited about that. <laughs> do you know what you're going to hunt for? Well, that's the one problem. So I am so <laughs> pro hunting and I, all the things, right. But if the animal's really pretty, I don't know if I can shoot it, right. Like if I had to feed my family, yeah, maybe, but like, like a zebra was on the list and I totally get it. And I get it that over there, that's the norm for them and all the things. And um, but for me, I just see like fruit striped gum, right? And um, <laughs> we're a horse. Well, that so, gum tasted terrible. So uh, yeah, right. It didn't last very long. Did it? Um, no, it did not no. last very long. So I started looking through the list. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can shoot that. I don't think I can. But then I saw warthog. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And then yeah, I saw cool. wildebeest. You know, they totally killed Simba's dad. I'm like, <clears> I can do that. Um, so I'm picking all of the big kind of things that I, I think I can shoot that I'm not going to like, I don't know. We'll see. Prior. You know, yeah. I did do a prairie, do- well, ground squirrel, prairie dog, whatever type of hunt once. And mm-hmm. I didn't think I would be able to shoot them, but I was standing right beside um, 
Sean Curtis of uh, Pew Pew Tactical. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I went into like this lethal whack-a-mole mode. <laughs> um, it did really well. And he was like, you're scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. He you- knows what'll happen when I'm there. So. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So uh, I want to get into our first article for tonight. Uh, So this article has to do with the new uh, firearms laws going into effect in Illinois. So this is the state's latest gun control law, and it makes it a criminal act to possess certain types of firearms without first entering them into a state registry. And it bans the sale of possession, manufacturing of dozens of different brands or types of rifles. It goes into like some of the you know bigger stuff like 50 cal guns and whatnot. Uh, but the big one really, I think for like the average person, because I don't think 50 cals are like the average gun, right? <laughs> no, uh, exactly. Is that no be great rifle, if they were. <laughs> exactly. But no rifle will be allowed to accommodate more than 10 rounds and uh, no more than 15 rounds in handguns. So this is like a pretty draconian law. I mean, as uh, Peter Tillum said last week, they're just catching up to us in New York, yeah. and and they're still not even uh, caught up at this point no. with this law. You can have five more in in your uh, in your pistol than exactly. you can in New York. So you know, people who have previously purchased these types of guns, uh, they can still have them; they're sort of grandfathered in, but uh, they have to register them, or they had to register them by January first with the Illinois State Police, and so the. All of that is sort of old hat, I suppose, like that we knew that was happening. But what is interesting is the rate of compliance from firearms owners has been basically non-existent. And so the article goes on to say only 29, just a little over 29,000 of the 2.4 million firearms owner card holders. I was going to say like 1%. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically 1%. Now, I did look, I looked at some other articles besides this one, Keith, and you know, this is, we don't know what those people own, right? So maybe the reason why a lot aren't is because they don't own those types of weapons or they don't own those, um, that uh, magazines that have that you're much. You're saying the 2.4 million yeah. might not even qualify to be registered. Right. But however, <clears throat> I mean, logic would say that out of 2.4 million firearms owners, probably more than 1% own some of that stuff. So, well, yeah. I mean, I think on a conservative side you could say a quarter right of a of the 2.4 million yeah that's right? super conservative and that's too. super conservative and that's still a very small percentage of that yeah so so we're seeing this really i mean you know the consequences here you know the first if you get caught out of compliance the first um time it's a class a misdemeanor and then every offense after that is a class three felony so i mean it's pretty crazy um but I don't know. I mean, Karen, what do you think about the whole civil dis- civil disobedience thing? Because I, I mean, I have some opinions on it, but I'm curious what you think. I think it's ridiculous. And I think that people are tired of this kind of thing. I think that um, I think that it's true that most people aren't. They're just not doing it. Um, I would say. I would, I would even guess those numbers to be higher. Um, I think that people just don't care, but I was just actually in, um, at the site in Illinois in, uh, July and I was talking with a gentleman there and I was a little concerned, you know, with everything going on in Illinois, I was driving there, right. With my firearms. And of course I was okay because something about if you drive in and you get to your destination within 24 hours, you know, you're okay, whatever. Um, But he said there's only like one county where law enforcement is actually enforcing this. So I think that people are not complying because they know that 
that is it if they who's going to catch them and if they get like nobody's really enforcing it either does that make right. sense well, yeah well i think some people like sheriffs and stuff have come out and said that they they wouldn't yep. enforce it yeah. um keith what do you think any thoughts i mean i'm i think it's a, a, another a perfect example of you know the states uh pulling uh, a good tj and you know if a law is unjust a man ought not to follow it right, right. so I just think they're uh, they're doing it, and uh, I'm happy happy to see that. I mean, we have some sheriffs around us that refuse to enforce some of the yeah. crazy laws that are around us in New York. So, our um, registration numbers were super <clears throat> low in the Safe Act. They were out. super low as well. I mean, this is uh, this is the the joy of the freedom of the country we have here. There are so many good checks and balances that people forget about our our government, and here is one of them. Yeah. So. There was a gentleman in this article and he said, the governor's really dug, um, this is a quote, the governor has really dug itself uh, into a hole. Too many people see what is happening and have stopped listening to all this nonsense. If the people want to engage in civil disobedience, we understand that it is an American tradition and this governor is not going to make us do things we know go against the constitution. And so I like that quote because I have said this before, or at least something similar in the fact that, I mean, civil disobedience is literally how we became a country. Like we do not like, we saw it during COVID, you know, a lot of people were like, screw this. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired of it. And, and now it turns out they were right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the part that bothers me when states do this and governors do this and New York is obviously, you know, we're leading the pack on a lot of this stuff is you have people saying, I'm not going to do it. And the numbers are showing that. But you're basically putting people in a bind where, you know, if they get jammed up, if they get caught, you know, you're making them felons, but it's so unpopular. If it's that unpopular, then you really have to rethink your your processes as a government official and a government leader, but they don't care about that. And that's the part that's frustrating. And, you know, you've said it before, Keith, the part that's frustrating is like they just don't care. It doesn't matter whether they they see it as, wow, this isn't really being effective they they'll just arrest someone and ruin someone's life. And yeah. Care. I mean, they, they feel it's the will of the people, I guess, yeah. you know, they're elected, they were elected and, uh, they, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy time. We, we talk about it all the time, like you said, and, uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy that, uh, that, uh, there's some people in Illinois that, uh, yeah. can sleep well at night knowing that, uh, their, their local sheriffs well, are not going to, what I horses. like about it is the more that people, exercise that civil disobedience, the more that it starts to just um, cripple these politicians because sure. it's like, you know, at some point it's like, man, this isn't working. You yeah. Know, we, and if we you still, think about it, that's exactly why we have the second amendment, you know, right? yeah. it's not just our right to protect ourselves. It's our right to protect ourselves from the government. Right. So yeah, sure. I think like in the beginning, if you go, if you go back, like when all these gun laws began, there's a lot of them that made sense to people. Like, they're like, oh, yes, that makes sense and we need to be safe. And so like, you know, someone like I always liken this, these types of things to my mom, who's not as educated, right? Like she's not anti-gun, but she definitely doesn't understand all the things, right? So right. she would hear something on the news and she'd be like, oh, that makes sense. But I think as, as they keep going one more, one more, one more, it starts to become so ridiculous that the things that they're imposing people, even people that aren't like, maybe they're not anti-gun, but they're not firearms owners either they even look at it and they're like that doesn't even make sense like they start to say well <laughs> why like what is that gonna do and it doesn't even make sense to them so i think people are starting to see okay this isn't about you know the safety of this or that it doesn't make sense this is about control this is about just stripping away the second amendment 
And that's exactly why it's there. So I think that too helps people start to come to this. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to comply with this because they can actually start to see what all this is really about. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, when I think about the whole civil disobedience part, the, the, the one like real glaring, albeit it's been a long time example where it's like, you know, if enough people say, screw it, I'm not doing it. Eventually the government has to go, this isn't working. And that's prohibition, right? Like that prohibition was widely unpopular and, and people just were just drinking. It didn't matter. You know, the government said you can't do it. And they were like, we'll go to speakeasies. We don't care. And eventually it was like, yeah, this isn't, isn't working, you know, and they had to obviously get rid of it. So, you know, it turns out Keith bringing in your next article, you know, maybe people aren't the biggest problem we're looking at. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, people invented this, right? So uh, I guess that's all, that's all, uh, I guess, perspective, but uh, it is uh, being pretty widely talked about. And, uh, and we, we picked a particular article for CNBC, but um, that one of the biggest concerns in the upcoming election is uh, election disruption from AI posts. And, um, you know, AI can build out models for, for influencing large populations and voters in a way that we haven't seen before. This is uh, a chief commercial officer from uh, uh, Europe at uh, um, uh, Marsh McLean. It's a, it was a report that was produced with CNBC, but um, it's, it, it looks like that. I, I mean, I, I can be honest. I've, I've started, uh, trying out AI here a little bit here and there to, um, draft emails or just sure. get some help with some, uh, uh, guilty as charged. Yeah. As well. Typing, you know, just form letters and things like that to help, help me with my job and other things. And it is a time saver. Oh, for sure. And it, and it, it writes better than I can write. Yep. <laughs> no, no offense over there, Karen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't write as well as you, so I need a little help. So I, I, I use a little help, but I can see how you could ask AI to, you know, um, influence a large population of people under these particular, you know, um, um, subsets of ideas or subsets of, of, uh, of facts, whatever you I, want to call them. I saw something. I mean, it actually scared me. It was, you know, I was watching something on Instagram. It was like a reel or something. And it was this, I'm sure it's probably from a movie or something, but it was this girl and it was like a, an AI version of this, of a real person. And the girl is saying, hi, mom and dad, uh, you know, it's me, your daughter, oh, yeah. but, but I'm older and I've been aged by AI. And then this, you know, AI generated version of herself starts to basically say like, you know, every time you post pictures of me on social media for the grandparents to see, which, you know, we all can agree is innocuous and it's nothing wrong with that, but you're putting my digital footprint out there as a little girl and people can take that and they can age me and they can use it for all kinds of nefarious, you know, no I, good things. I think I told you, I think we talked about it in the podcast. I had a friend of mine who had a AI generated voice of his son who had just recently yep. started driving call and say he got an accident and needed money and needed help. Yep. And, um, it, my friend was like, it sounded just like my son. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, he's like, if I didn't have the, another technology crazy thing, if he didn't have the find me on my iPhone, right. He wouldn't have known he was at the basketball game. He was supposed to be at, you know right. I mean? And I think the, the, the problem here is that, to, to have it write a form letter like you're talking, like I, there's nothing wrong. I think it's great. It's a tool just like yeah. any other tool. It's, but we mentioned, I said, you know, maybe people aren't the biggest problem, but people are the biggest problem because it's the people who are going to use it for the wrong reasons, you know? And 
I mean, they're saying that this is a bigger problem. It could be a bigger problem than things like climate change, war, economic weakness. Like they're really, you know, saying yeah, well, it's, you know, it's people, bad. they they want their news from a headline, right? They want their opinions from a headline, from a news source. That's where people get their opinions from these days. They yeah. don't go read something and say, oh, that's interesting. Let me look into that a little bit more. Right. Right. They just read it and they go, that's it. I think that. Right. You know, and, and they can use it for divisive <clears throat> purposes. Correct. for sure. Karen, as a writer, does it scare you? Um, not as a writer, because I feel like I've seen some really good writing from generated from AI, but I've also seen some really bad, like I, one was like a funeral. Um, what do you call it? Um, eulogy. Yes, it was was terribly hilarious, but, um, so I, I think it can be good. I think it can be an asset. It can be a time saver, um, for certain things, especially like, um, for companies that just need to have, you know, maybe they want it to you know, for social media or, you know, to write copy or things like that. But for the, for the writing I do, um, it doesn't worry me for my job per se, because I know that there's such a personalized um, effect that I have in my writing that I don't think you can really get that from AI, but the better and better it gets, I don't know, then maybe you could, but um, just AI in general terrifies me only because of everything else. Um, like it, like we're already with technology and social media. So many, especially our younger generations, live in this alternate reality, if they're even in reality anymore. Like so many people live in their phones, right? And um, well, there's a there's a something I follow just because I like to follow. Like it was, it's like some, something like tiny house something, and there's these cute houses and design things. I'm kind of into that on my own, but. Um, I realized after about a couple months, these aren't even real homes. This is all AI gener- you know, generated. Oh. And I was like, what? And I just kind of felt like, I mean, it's still like gives, gives good ideas, but like, I'm thinking these are real places. And, um, and even just at that small level, you know, you realize, oh my gosh, what could this kind of technology do at a much larger scale Sure. With, with people that have, you know, ill intent, you know, just like, just like you were saying, your, you know, your friend's son, that's an actual scam that's, that's happening all over, you know, the country, probably even the world. Right. Um, people are getting duped and think it's their kids. They think they're hurt. They send money. And then like, there was a mom that was talking about the exact same thing. Her daughter called, um, well, she thought it was her daughter. She needed money. She said she was, she couldn't explain why, but she needed her to, you know, send it through whatever this cash app or Venmo. And just as she was getting ready to do it, her daughter walked downstairs and she was like, oh my gosh. I mean, like that kind of stuff happens all the time. Or like you're saying, it takes somebody's face and changes it or uses it for something else. It's that type of thing is crazy. So with this article, you know, and the elections, I mean, I think it's totally possible. I don't know. Well, they they can, they can make a candidate say anything, Yeah. you know, I mean, in theory they can, if it's good enough they could have a candidate say whatever they want them to say. And that's terrifying, right? I mean, imagine them using it on any one of us where, you know, they have you say something just completely off the wall that, you know, blacklists you from your profession or from, you know, any any anything else that means anything Yeah, I mean, I, when I say something off the wall, I want it to come from my mouth. That's right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to bring this back to guns a little bit, um, although, albeit this is... This is a weird one. This is a weird one, but I mean, I find it interesting because, you know, we're talking about these uh, 
uh, mayors and governors and sort of anti-gun politicians. And, you know, this is about uh, Mayor Eric Adams from New York City. So uh, the article, this is from NBC, and it, the, the actual article title is, I've never fired a gun. I never fired a gun in school. Adams denies story told in book that he authored. And so uh, apparently there's a part of this book where it says that he was in school and he was a young boy and he shot a gun and it it uh, mit, it almost hit one of his friends. And this was from a book he wrote and published 15 years ago. Was it published? Well, so I'll, I'll get to that because it's weird, <laughs> but it, it, it was written and published 15 years ago. And the book's passage describes a moment when he claimed to point a, a quote-unquote toy gun at his friend and pulled the trigger only to find a real round discharge from the gun. No one was hurt according to the story. So fast forward to this past Monday and a reporter from the Associated Press questioned Adams about the particular chapter during an off-topic press conference at City Hall. And Adams replied, I never fired a gun in school. That was his reply. He continues, I think the person who the co-author of the book may have misunderstood the exact, he kind of goes off. Someone there, there was an incident in school where someone pointed what they thought was a toy gun and they have may, they may have misunderstood. That book never got into print because we never went through the proofreading aspect of it. And then another journalist from the city, I don't know what that publication is, but a journalist from the city also attending the briefing had a copy of the book. Don't it, let it happen. It's for sale. You can. Uh, do <laughs> uh, yeah, he had it on hand. There's a picture of the of the of the uh, journalist holding it, and she held it up. And uh, the mayor exited the press conference, and they asked him to clarify his co-author remark, and he walked out. So then a press secretary said the story should have never been published. The mayor is looking into it. Um, as he said, the co-author may have misunderstood the story. Um, there's a picture in this article of the actual book, and the it's highlighting the actual part where it says it. So on, and, on Amazon, it's saying currently unavailable. Well, but probably pulled it. Probably pulled it, yeah. <laughs> um, and when you look at the book, it's saying that there is no co-author listed. So I just find this crazy because, I mean, clearly he wrote the book. I mean, there's a picture right here. I'm looking at this picture of this actual book, and you know, Eric Adams, written by him. And they're claiming that there is no co-author. So kind of fishy, kind of a crazy story. But I just find it funny because, you know, these are the same people that are telling us we're not responsible with our firearms and we shouldn't have firearms and we have to jump through hoops. Well, in, in his defense, you know, he was a, if, if the story is even true, yeah. right? In his defense, he was a kid who wasn't shown proper gun safety, right? Yeah. So those are all the things that you... You should be avoiding if you are pro gun like us, and you well, know have kids. I find that you know it, it. It to me, it clearly seems like he's backpedaling on this, right? I mean, oh, yeah. like you know, someone's holding the book up in the conference when he's saying it never made it. Well, it never was even published. You know, deny everything, right? You know. <laughs> um, but I, for me, Admit it's just it's just proof. frustrating because. I'm not saying like, listen, like you said, he was a kid, you know, mistakes happen. He, you know, it was, there was something irresponsible happened and probably wasn't his fault, but I just, find if it, it's true, if it's true, but I just find it funny that, you know, these people think that they have the right to tell us how we should live well, our listen, lives, you know? I mean, I bet Eric Adams went to a pretty big school. Somebody else has got to know this happened. Like, I mean, so yeah. 
is anyone offering some money to get some story out there? Like, you know, I think the whole thing's hilarious because it makes me think it is of the person that, like, what, what, what I, I don't know the position title, but the person that has to handle when something like this comes out, right? Like, he's got somebody like a like PR a, person, yeah, like a PR, PR person, PR person, right? This person had one job and they failed miserably. So, like, yeah. like this is so stupid. So, number one, he's a Democrat, right? And the Democrats already kind of don't like him a little because they think he leans right. So there's a lot of people on his own side of the camp that want to see him fall because they don't trust they don't trust that he's truly a Democrat. So that's there. So then this thing happens with the whole gun thing, and this is their you know they just deny it didn't happen when it, there's proof that it did. Like if they were smart. What they would have said, what? Because I think it more than likely probably did happen, and if it did, that is a very, that is a very common thing, and this is exactly why we need to have education placed in schools. Not all this, you know, not you know, explaining gun safety. Um, I sure. always tell people whether you like guns, whether you want guns or not, your children should be educated on gun safety because you never know when they are going to be at someone's house and you don't know if they do or don't have guns, you never know when your child might be put in that situation. So they need to understand gun safety and the the gun rules and things like that. Um, so if they were smart, they would have spun it like, you know what, this did happen, but I was a kid and this is what happens and kids don't know any better. And, and they could have really pivoted into another direction. I mean, even if it was their own anti-gun way, I mean, I'm just kind of right. like, but no, that's not what they did. <laughs> Well, I just find it funny because, and this is off topic from, you know, guns and, and whatnot, but, you know, Keith and I are from New York and when the whole sanctuary city thing happened, he was like, I mean, this is, you can find this all over, but he was like basically welcoming with open arms. And then when they started coming in droves, he was like, this is unsustainable. Like we can't, you know, yeah. we can't keep this up. <laughs> and so it's like, he's like the king of backtracking, you know, it's like, you know, which is most politicians in whole yeah. fairness, it's not just him, but it's just another example of, you know, kind of hypocrisy and, and backpedaling and all that, that good stuff. So, um, and pass the blame. Yeah. Pass, pass the blame to someone else, like the co-author that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but I just found it to be, uh, when I found out, I was like, that is a wacky article for sure. Yeah. I thought so, it was going to be like something he did recently somehow. I'm like, Ooh, what's this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so underwhelming. No. <laughs> Well, he was an NYPD cop for a period of time. So. Well, and that's, again, I mean, that's that's all part of it is like, you know, do, do you want, actually, he was, was he a chief? He was. No, I don't think he was a chief. He wasn't? I think he was like, uh, I'll look it up. Maybe detective. I'll look it up. I'll look but it anyway, up. It, it, it's kind of just funny. Because I know like, he wasn't a chief. I, I, you don't, you know, he doesn't want that to come out, you know, yeah. as a, either a politician or a former um, a law enforcement officer. He does not want to come out that he almost shot his friend, right? So we're going to get to the second half of the show, but before we do, I want to talk about Four Patriots. Four Patriots provides long-lasting and delicious food options that are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it most. Their 72-hour kit is super affordable, and it's a great way to start your long-term food prep journey. The folks at Four Patriots set up a special page for you guys at fourpatriots.com forward slash gun experiment 10 so that our listeners can get weekly discounts and deals, but act quickly because the deals will change each week. Remember, head over to fourpatriots.com forward slash gun experiment 10. Keith. He made it to captain. Captain. Okay. Still pretty high up though. Still pretty high. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, next up would be chief, right? So pretty high. Um, all right. He so he wasn't a chief though. He was not. <laughs> so, uh, 
<laughs> we're going to start with the second half of the show with a game. And this is a game we've played before. If you're out there listening, I want to encourage you to play along. All you got to do is kind of keep track of how you're doing compared to us. Um, and so, Karen, this is a uh, first time for you. So this is a game that we call Can You Spot the Fake News? So we are going to read, in this case, it is 10 news articles, uh, news headlines, excuse me. And we are going to decide, uh, each of us, if we think that it is uh, real or fake news. And then we'll keep score. Okay. Sound, sound good? Yeah. Okay. So, Keith, what do we got? What's our first one? 101-year-old man finishes marathon. Um, what do you think, Keith? I'll go, uh, I'll go. This sounds like a fact to me. You think it's a fact? Oh man, that's pretty darn old, but I think it might be possible. It's possible. It's possible. I'll say it's true. They didn't say he didn't get wheeled around the marathon. <laughs> he did not say how long it took him. <laughs> Karen, what do you think? I'm going to go with fact. All okay. right. We all agree. You got it. All right. We each get According a to BBC. Oh, they went too fast. Crap. All right, what's our next one? Researchers say cookies are the world's healthiest snack. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say fake news. I want it to be true, so I'm picking true. <laughs> Karen? I'm going to go with fake. All right, fake. Bingo. Fake cookies news. are not healthy. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You knew the answer to that. You were just trying to, you were hoping. Uh, polar bear and penguin fight. Penguin wins. I'm going to say that's that's real. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible. Yeah. It's an David animal. Goliath. You yeah, know. right? What do you think, Karen? I think real. I really want that to be true. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Penguins are cute. You wouldn't hunt one oh. of those. No, never. Nice, nice try, though. The story is fake. Oh, no point. I still believe I'm curious. I'm curious if, if people are listening right now. Did you guys actually think a penguin could beat a bear? Because yeah, I think I, mean, I still I think it so. could. I thought so. Canadian capital Clare, clergy Calgary Calgary sorry uh, has highest number of puppy adoptions. Canadian capital Calgary has the highest number of puppy adoptions. That's a weird flex. Um, oh, that's like an area of Canada, right? Yeah, Calgary yeah. is. A, I think that's. I think true, maybe. I mean, who would make that up? Yeah. Karen, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. So oh, close. Man. Man, we, we suck. At we're this really one. not good. Not at this. This, this is just proving how easy it is to get. The AI yeah. would kill us. AI would take us over. <laughs> that was fake? Why? why that was fake. Think? What's yeah. the point? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. Right. Boy rescued after tongue stuck to frozen pole. That's got to be real. That happens. Well, it happens in movies. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, what's a Christmas story, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? I mean, I'm I'm not sure anymore, but I'm going to go with fact just because we can't be wrong. Karen, what do you think? Yeah, I'll say, I, I'll say fact. Okay. All right. All right, we, we got all, one. We all got <laughs> <laughs> Sounds painful, but it can happen. All right. Oh, uh, geez. Let's get control of this uh, slide bar here. Scrolling up there, baby. <laughs> Officials say Niagara Falls will be out of water by next year. No way. No way. No way. That's no yes, way. Fake, what do you think, fake, Karen? Fake. Fake, yeah. Right on. All it's right. fake. Fake news. <laughs> fake news. All right, Keith, where are we at? Home intruder turns out to be a squirrel after a woman calls police over strange noises. Very plausible. That That's real news. <laughs> yes, real. If, real. <laughs> if this article's not real, it definitely happened somewhere before. Yeah. Karen, you say true? <laughs> yes. Real? Yes. 
Yes. It's a little nutty, but it's true. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Canadian president cancels Mondays until further notice. I, th- that you know what I don't think it's true, but it wouldn't shock me if it was. <laughs> because it's Can- yeah. because it's Canada. I'm gonna because it's Trudeau. Yeah, I'm gonna say fake news. What do you think, Keith? Fake, Karen. Yeah, fake. Yeah, it's fake. All right, All right. thank goodness they're not that crazy. Five hundred year old cell phone found near ancient ancient Roman temple. Obviously fake. We all going fake? Fake. No, there are some time travelers out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's fake. I have to say, these are a little easier than the ones we're used to. These are... We didn't... Well, we missed a few. Man bitten by shark, bear, and snake had odds of 893 quadrillion to one. I I don't think that's real because I don't know if quadrillion is a number. (laughs) Karen, what do you think? Uh, Um... I'm going to say fake, but watch it not be. I say fake too. All right. Three fakes. It's all fake. Okay. No, oh, it's no, real. That was real. No, that one was real. That, that was, was real. real. Oh, yeah. Fake. This guy had some really bad luck. That's bad luck. Holy, wait, it was a snake, a bear, and a shark? Yeah. That's what the guy from the great outdoors, they got struck by lightning. <laughs> 55 times. Uh, kid gets good score on tough quiz. Will they try to top it? I don't understand that. Kid gets good score on tough quiz. Will they? This is a terrible one. I don't know what that even means. Uh, I'm not counting this again. Oh. 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 That was our results. (laughs) (laughs) Seven out of 10. It was saying we suck. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. So, Keith, you would have tied Karen and I if you didn't want to think cookies were healthy. Well, I'm sorry. Cookies are damn healthy. Okay. Especially when you put some raisins in them. Well, I don't know how the listener did, but Karen and Mike beat Keith. That's okay. what happened here in, in our show. There we go. So if you- Kind of w- like you uh, beat me in the 22 shoot this year, by the I way. I wasn't going to Congratulations. Bring it Thank you. Yes. We, the, the champ is here. <laughs> well, the I, champ, there has always been a champ in this room. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. Um, can I just say, not, since you brought it up, my mm. first round was pretty impressive. You first round was very impressive. Very you, impressive. Didn't, you didn't miss anything. I only missed round. two shots the whole day. Nice. Which is true. Yeah. Um, okay, we can move on from that. I know it's tough, Keith. Well, you know, I have some excuses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had some last year, but you wouldn't let me use them, so screw you. Um, uh, all right, Keith, let's <clears throat> let's talk about our good old governor. Governor Hochul eyes removal of offensive art of Native Americans from New York. You Capitol. sent this to me. I did send this And to I you. got some strong feelings on this, so I'm so, going to let you start. Well, I mean, <laughs> not surprising, right? I mean, I was what- a year or two ago where New York state demanded, you know, all high schools remove any uh, references to native Americans or Indians from their uh, mascots or anything like that. Right. Um, So I I wasn't completely surprised to hear this, but what I guess fired me up. And I think my, my little comment to you when I sent you the text was there are, first of all, let me, let's talk about some of the, examples that they're trying to remove from the state capitol. They're depictions of Teddy Roosevelt and um, battles that he had won over his life, you know, in, in his career before he became governor, right? And those that don't know things about Teddy Roosevelt, that guy was... I love Teddy. Yeah. I mean, he was crazy when he... You know. He was also, and I also should say this, Teddy Roosevelt was extremely progressive for his 
his um his time yeah i believe like it was things, his like, upbringing he was he was the first uh president to have a um, you know a black person in the white house there, yeah. there's things like that he was very very open-minded yeah. for a person of that time and you know he was a republican but sure so anyway so those are some of the the things that are in the Capitol, um, you know, murals of uh, those accomplishments and just, you know, our past history more than accomplishments, I guess I would say. And I think what fires me up the most about it is, you know, not every part of history is rosy. And I just, I have a real problem with us just trying to erase anything that is not a flavor of the month. You know, so to speak, nowadays. So I have a, uh, I have a few things on this, but uh, Karen, I'm going to let you kind of go first. How do you feel about this topic? You, you know, you can say or not say whatever you want. Yeah, I have some really strong opinions on this because it actually is infuriating to me. Um, I I agree. Like history is history; you cannot erase it, and just because something's offensive doesn't mean you can wipe it away because things happen, whether they're good or whether they're bad, they happen. And we need to understand just like the whole, like everything with Hitler, you can't erase that just because, mm-hmm. you know, whatever reason, like once things start getting erased, people are forgotten. Things are forgotten. Mm-hmm. Ideals are forgotten. Um, and worse, you know, even worse, it can be repeated. Right. What's that uh, George Orwell saying? Those that control the past control the future. Absolutely. And I think that what, and this is my, I don't know, somebody might say this is a conspiracy theory or whatever, but um, we cannot be so, so soft minded that people control, control us by our emotions. And that's what's happening with everyone in our society. I don't even think sees it happening. Like, they're playing to everyone's emotions. And, and when people start getting emotional and they start getting offended, then it becomes about them. Like, Oh, I'm, you know, this I'm native American and that offends me or I'm this and that offends me. Well, no, like you can't let that lead you because you, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm offended by how the native Americans scalped each other to murder each other. (laughs) Yeah. I I was going to say, so, I mean, there's a few things here that, so I'm trying to be compassionate, I suppose, is this isn't like a lot of times what bothers me is you have someone who is not native American saying what they think we should do about native Americans. But in this case, there were actual people from the native American community who were saying that this was offensive to their people. And so uh, to be sensitive, it's like, you know, these people are actually saying it. It's not like someone saying it on their behalf. Like they're saying, you know, this is not something that we feel represents us well. And so I, I do think as a government official, you do have to hear all peoples. And so I, 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 I first of all, I think that that's important. But with that said, and Keith, you said it, like shit gets violent. Violence is real. Violence yeah, what, happens. What, what if it was the other way? What if the Indians had won? What would the mural depict then? We're not talking about people who were just like perfectly peaceful. Like they literally scalped each other. They killed other yeah. you know, one tribe to another. Like so, violence was a thing back then, and that it still is, right? And I guess where maybe this is, you could say this is insulting. Is do we need to depict? how Manhattan became Manhattan or how New York or how, how the United States became like, do we have, do we have to depict it? But at some point we did. 
And it's showing sort of a history of what happened, whether it was good or bad, that is what happened. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, some would say we stole the island of Manhattan from the Indians. Right, <laughs> right, for beads and trinkets. <laughs> right. Right? I just, you know, the thing that was offensive to me, and I mean, this is actually offensive to me, is one of the things they talked about was removing the bust of Christopher Columbus. Yeah. I'm Italian. To Italians, like, that's a, that's a big thing, like, that he's kind of like our guy, you know, that's well, that's our day, right? Yeah. And now it's indigenous people day. I say, oh, don't don't get me st- stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> are you trying to make are you trying to make me pop another rib? Like stop. Yeah. I just so this bothers me because I'll be the first to tell you like Christopher Columbus was kind of a piece of shit. You know, like he spread syphilis, he he raped, he pillaged, he was not like a great guy. That's just how it was back then. People did shit that like today we would be yeah, like- Yeah, and we're not saying it's acceptable. Right. <clears throat> we're right. not giving him a pass because right. he's Christopher Columbus. But he did also discover the new world. Like none of us would be here. Kathy uh, Hochul would not be here, <laughs> right? And so I just think like you have to take the good with the bad. And that's kind of what I think you were starting yes. off with is, you know, no one is saying that everything was rosy because it wasn't. The, these you're They're looking at these murals almost as if it's a celebration instead of a- how they teach the story. Right. Right. It's a history it, lesson. It's a history lesson. It it wasn't great. People died, right? right. There was a battle. Like right. it was not good. You go to West Point, isn't like they're a big thing of custard? I mean, custard, Robert E. Lee. I mean, right. you know, the American Revolution. I mean, it's, but you're talking about people who did, I mean, they were soldiers. They, I mean, they did, they were, they were killing, you know, and we have statues of them, but they did good and they did bad. Like that's the, you know, that's the conundrum of life, right. I suppose. I guess people, you know, a, I guess you have to remind yourself that a statue isn't just a celebratory thing. That's <laughs> like, true. Right. right? Yeah. Like it's not just, oh, he, he has a statue. He must've been some great person. Yeah. It's right. not a shrine of celebration. No. Yeah. Like if they want to, maybe you just keep the statue and put, you know, he was a piece of crap, man, that did some bad things, but this is the founder of the new, you know, and, 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 uh, this is where people just need to just stop. And it's like, that's interesting that you say that. There was, I don't know if it was- I have a good story about this. I don't know if it was Teddy Roosevelt, but we we talked about an article similar to this a while back. I can't remember who exactly it was, but Karen, that's exactly what they said to do. I think it might be what what I'm about to say. I could be wrong, but I went to DC and we went to one of the museums and it had all of the president's busts, uh, uh, pictures, excuse Uh me. And it was every president ever. And I went to Trump's and I was like, I got to see what they said about Trump, right? Because I mean, like you, you this could This is imagine. one example. It's not the one I was thinking of, okay. but yes, this is one example. And I sent it to Keith and I said, I actually was impressed. They did a very good job. And they basically said, you know, there were people, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but they said he was divisive. He, you know, there were people who felt this way about him. There was, And I'm like, that's exactly what he was as president. It was very tastefully done, very well done. It didn't, you know, sugarcoat it, but- it also didn't bash him. And I'm like, that's how it should be, right? That's how these statues should be uh, sort of displayed is well, say the- Because then what do you do? How do you, how do you, because then what's next? You don't teach it in school? Like, exactly. Yep. Who that's discovered exactly the new world? Well, this guy, but we don't talk about him. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> the, you know? How did we know. How did we get here? Yeah, right? The we don't know. Sensitivity levels <clears throat> need to just come down. Like, yeah. and people have stopped thinking rationally. They've stopped thinking logically. It's all based on emotion and it's actually hurting us more than anything. We start erasing things and then you're missing all the good from that or all of the, you know, you have to. How do you, how do you make sure you don't repeat the past if you don't teach it? Exactly. 
Like, like right. you know, I always think about poor Aunt Jemima, you know, the syrup lady, right? Oh, like, yeah, she's gone. Talk about that. And if you think about it, she she did phenomenal. Like, that was her The family life. was really upset that that happened. I know, it's so yeah, crazy. She was the first black, not just black person, first woman who was able to, in that time, when, when, when things really were like that, um, she was able to have a company and make money and travel the world. And people listened to her. She was in rooms with businessmen being the only woman talking about this and they listened to her and she had respect. And so for her to have her picture and she wore, you know, the, the scarf on her head and all that, because that's what she wanted because that's what she came from. And, and that's what she liked and that's what she wanted on the bottle and other people decided it was offensive so that, and now her, her, her entire family is like, you just erased, you yep. know, her life. And now no one will, no one will know who she is ever yeah. again. Like and that'll be completely tell me those gone. things aren't done on purpose. And then they're playing on people's, you know, I don't know. They're just, I'm just like, it's just ridiculous to me. I don't know. But. I agree. I agree. Well, we kind of went all over the place. We touched on guns. We touched on politics. We touched on technology. So I'm going to bring it back to technology. This article is from the Associated Press, and a federal judge issued an order on Tuesday temporarily halting the enforcement of a pending Ohio law that would require children to get parental consent to use social media apps. And the litigation argued that the law um, unconstitutionally impedes free speech and is overbroad and vague. Hmm. Now, it's important to note that this law is similar to uh, laws that were enacted in other states. And, you know, I I read this whole article, and I kind of, I didn't want to know anything about the judge at the time. I read the whole article, and as I'm reading it, before I get to the end of it, I said, I said, this has got to be a judge who's a Democrat. It has to be. I, I said, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but <laughs> I just, and I'll say why, you know, I thought that and why I think it's important. But besides requiring social media companies to obtain a parent's permission for children under 16 to sign up for social media and gaming apps, this law would have also mandated that the companies provide parents with their privacy guidelines so that families can know what content will be censored or moderated on their child's profile. Um, and the administration that was pushing for these measures they were saying that they wanted this to be a way to protect children's mental health. Now, here's where, if you know, if I'd read to the bottom, uh, the person putting this in place was the Republican uh, governor, John Husted. And so that kind of tells me that the judge probably was a Democrat and he was in fact a Democrat. Um, what bothers me with this and why I said, man, this has to be a Democrat is because to me, and I, I try, I'm trying not to like, you know, bash one side or the other or defend one side or the other. But to me, it feels like a constant push from the left to degrade our morals and values. And so I look at social media and Keith, I know how you feel about social media, but, um, you know, I think adults should need permission from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> social, social media. It's just like, you know, there's just, it's the wild west. There's just so much there and a young teenage kid just having carte blanche, in my opinion, we're just, we're letting them grow up too fast. We're degrading their morals and values. And from a, a judge to not see that a parent has rights to protect their children, you know, for them to say that this is against well, their first amendment, right? Like, listen, the rules don't apply equally to adults do, and children. Do you need, do you need the government to regulate your teenager 
getting hooked on social media. I think that the way no, that that's the way that just sounded to me. No, I think no, no. What I'm saying is there is a difference between a difference between a child, a minor's rights, and a, and a legally consenting adult's rights. So sure. what I mean when they when it, when the judge says this is against teenagers' First Amendment rights. Yes. No, they don't get the same rights. Right. What I mean by wait, let me finish. What I mean by that is it's been stated legally that pornography is allowed because of First Amendment rights, but we don't let children do that. That's we know that that is not that's not allowed. You, you, no, that's you, exactly. yes, but you know children get access to it by no. I mean actually participating in it. Like, okay, all right. Yep. That, that's what I'm saying. Sure, adults can do that. Yep. Children can't. Okay. Okay. Fine. Because you don't have the same rights as a child. Agreed. To your other question, I don't think. I think the government needs to regulate companies, not people. But these companies are just being run completely unfettered. Right. So and you you want the government to tell the company you need to make sure that this this fifteen uh, year old or sixteen year old has permission from their parents. They need to make sure that that parents have rights to protect their children. So, and that's where I'm disagreeing with you. Yep. Just to be clear, you already have that right. You're already that 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 minor's parent. You already have that right to protect them from getting social media. If you don't take advantage of that right on your own, I don't think I need social media company XYZ, whatever you want to call it, to prompt me as a parent to okay my 15 or 16 year old to have access to this app. But the problem is kids <clears throat> kids have access to it. You're not going to stop them because they I have. agree. And I think you're not going to stop them from, you know, the same way that a 15 or 16 year old, okay, they can't produce pornography, but they can certainly go find it. Right. Right. So I'm just saying, I, I, I see I, your point in terms of like what you're getting at that, yep. that, that parents should have a right to be able to protect their children from things that yep. they feel are not appropriate for so them. I'll give you, I'll give you, let's, I just don't think I need the government to have me check a box that says, yeah, I'm, I'm this person's parent. I say it's okay. You don't need the government. You need the government to in do that, that case, yep. in that particular right. sense. But yes. what I'm saying is if they made it where a child, and this, I don't know how you would do this, but if the technology companies made it where you couldn't, the the kid could not access it without the parent's permission. And which is what this bill is proposing. Right. That, because I think your kids, my kids could access it without, go out in the world and figure it out. But there's got to be ways in which these tech companies can make it where you have to produce some kind of a document in order for a kid to use it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I just don't think that's necessary. I think I, sh I think I, I hope that when my kids are teenagers, I have a good enough relationship with them where, I, I mean, we did things as teenagers that our parents didn't want us to do, Mike, and we turned out okay. But I think this technology <laughs> is more dangerous than the things that we had access to. I, you're you're preaching right. to the choir so in terms I, of that. I don't think, I think you're, and I don't mean this offensively, I think you're naive to think that you can stop your kid from going out there in the world and getting access to and I, social And media. I think you're naive to think that you can rely on this big corporation government oh, they bill. Definitely, they definitely could. They could say you have to have a passport. Kid can't go get a passport on their own. So they, they there would be a way for them to, but to you don't limit. Have, like that that extreme example, you don't even, and Karen, we're leaving you out in the dust out here. I apologize. That's okay. But that, that extreme example that you're giving, you, you need to produce a passport. That doesn't exist for voting. It's going to exist for social media. 
I'm not saying it does or does. I'm saying I think it should. I think I think kids' to, access to to technology, your point, yes, the, the any corporation for any particular bill like this could make it so difficult for someone to get something like underage. that by underage by producing a document or whatever. Right. That's just not what this bill was going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it, it's going to be a it's going to be an acknowledgement that. Your parent, you put your name, you're at. The problem I have with these, so for the most part. And that's my problem with it. For the most part, I have a pretty laissez-faire attitude towards uh, companies being able to operate pretty freely. However, with these technology companies, Wouldn't it be better to just clean up social media? Well, that's where I'm going with this. So the problem is the government, in my opinion, needs to step in because these companies are going unfettered and they're being allowed to literally use brainwashing techniques for, 100%. For, and they're being allowed to do that. Not just for kids, adults, for adults as well. They, it's like the old, the old movie ads, right? Like the whole, you know, let's all go to the movies. I support that. Yeah. I support government stepping in to clean up social media yeah. in misinformation, in the brainwashing techniques in all of the things right. that we now are bad. I don't support them in this bill, because I don't think that's what's necessary. I think I, it's cleaning up more important. Well, and Karen, I'm gonna let you <clears throat> chime in in one second. For me, it's just, it doesn't matter what this is. I feel the Democrats are trying to take away parental rights. And oh, yeah. whether, you th- whether you think this will or won't work, I think parents should have rights to what their kids are getting into. So I, maybe the government doesn't, maybe you don't think the government should get involved, but I think that when it comes to parental rights, I think that the court should say the parents ultimately have the right to talk about what their kids have access to. And I think you already do. Well, if you're a good parent. Correct. But, yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't mean this judge is saying, no, that kid has First Amendment rights. The parent can go, can they can fuck off. That's what this judge is saying. The parents don't have rights to what their kids have access to. And if your kids are good kids, they'll listen to you. But if they're not good kids, they might say, sorry, dad, the court says I have the right to to my First Amendment rights. Mm. That's my fear. Karen, why don't you chime in? Sure. I have um, a strong opinion on kind of both sides here. So the reasoning that they're giving, because the rights of, you know, the children, I don't know what people are going to think about this, but to me, um, children have no rights. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Okay. So like, um, um, by saying that these kids have this right, the, the problem, the breakdown, part of the breakdown in society, especially in our school systems, is that we have enabled children to think that they are right on, right there in a hierarchy with adults, right? And there's a total lack of respect. They don't have to listen. Power has been taken away from teachers. Um, like my daughter just started her freshman year. And, and the things that happen in class, I'm like, you've got to be, I mean, these, a lot of these kids know there is nothing that anybody can do to them. And, and there's no, it's it's a mess anyway. So I think that we're empowering kids in the wrong way. One. Um, So I think by saying the reasoning that they're wanting to take this out, like it's because the kids and it's the, they're, you know, they're right, blah, blah, blah. That reasoning takes power away from the parent because it's not up to that child like my kids, it's not up to them, depending on their age. If it's up to my, you know, if I had a nine-year-old kid, right. Um, it's not their choice, whether they're going to do social media or not. That's my choice. Like, because I'm their parent. So the government can't come in and say, oh, it's the child's right. No, it has nothing to do. It's, it's all about the parent to me. Um, so the whole premise there to me is just kind of skewed. Now, 
let's say this law went into effect. Is it going to work? Probably not because. And that's where I do agree with you to check a box yourself and lie about your age. But to me, I think that there needs to be something. So this goes on the other side of it to govern some of these companies, because by, I don't think this is even about the kids. I think this is about empowering these companies to be able to come in and our children are already under attack in so many ways to just access, you know, just the children and not every child has a good or active or involved parent. We have a lot of homes where kids are pretty much raising themselves. So most, so parents like us don't exist for a lot of kids out there. So they're just kind of like on their own. And these are the kids that, you know, if their parents aren't involved, that are, they fall prey to, it's not just social media, but the gaming apps. And I have a friend and this is somebody I need to recommend to you guys for your podcast. His name is Mike Rock. He works for the Department of Homeland Security and the Child Sex Crimes Unit, the, mm. the internet child sex crimes. And the stuff that I've learned from him, the way our children are reached and accessed, even in good parent homes through gaming, through social media, through, I mean, even, um, what is that game? Roadblocks. Like I was floored. And as a, as a good parent who looks at something, you know, as, oh, that looks decent. We are so unaware of the ways that our kids can be reached by not just um, predators, but scams as well. Um, and being coerced in, um, in extortion. It's not always just about sex crimes, but like, um, you know, ways that they get these kids to steal and get the money or they're going to tell their parents this or just a slew of things. So I think that there definitely needs to be something in place that protects our kids from these companies um, because they're people can just come in and, and it's such an easy, scary way to access kids no matter, you know, especially kids that aren't governed by good parents, but even kids right. that the parents are really, really trying this day and age, it makes it really hard to know everything that's going on. And back when I was a kid, which was a long, long time ago, there's a lot of things I did behind my parents' back, but it was a different world. And I bet you it wasn't long, long enough ago that you pop ribs on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but so I, I can see like what both of you are saying and, and I can see points and, um, but like, I don't know. I think way to be Switzerland, Karen. Well, to, I was going to say to sort to sort of bridge the gap here. I do, I, you know, the more I think about it, I do agree that I don't know a law like this would actually change like a kid's ability to check a box, like Karen yeah. said. But what I'm afraid would happen if we don't have laws like these is that a kid will go, "I want to go on Facebook," and a good parent goes. Uh, no, we don't do that in this house. And the kid goes, my first amendment right. And that judge over there says that I do have the right. right. So yeah. that's my fear is that by them empowering, and you kind of said this, Karen, by empowering the child, you're giving them quote unquote rights that as a parent, you, you should have the right to say that, no. The, that example, you'd, you'd have to rely on the child actually reading news and they don't do that. So <laughs> we don't have to worry and about it. That's fair. Real <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's true. That's true. So, uh, you know, Keith, I wanted to just kind of end with uh, years ago, we had a Gander Mountain uh, around here and all of the sort of big box <laughs> store, you know, sporting goods stores kind of dried up around here. We have a, a pretty good local one mm-hmm. and uh, some small ones. But, uh, you know, this article made me laugh because maybe I don't want to be going to these big box stores anymore with this stuff going on. Well, it's interesting. Is this the first, cause you, you put this, uh, you get, you sent this one to me to talk about. And 
Um, is this the first time you've ever heard of this happening? Yeah, yes. It is not the first time this has really? ever happened. This is uh, it's a thing. This is a thing. Oh my goodness! So uh, Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's, anybody who's ever been to one, they all have humongous aquariums inside of them with uh, uh, live fish, and uh, it's a cool place to stretch your legs and long trips. Um, oddly, they're strategically placed for long trips. I feel like. Um, but anyway, in Alabama, a man crashed his car outside a Bass Pro Shop, stripped down to his birthday suit, and plunged into the giant aquarium inside the store. Cannonball. Uh, it cannonballed it out, and um, and then he uh, stood under the waterfall and uh, <laughs> got back out and jumped back in and then d- dove back out onto the concrete and, you know, was apprehended. But, um, you know, it, it, it is a thing. It's a, it's like a challenge. There's is been, it kind of like, um, been, uh, is it, it's like, <laughs> like the equivalent of like streaking or like running onto a field in a baseball sure, game? Any like, of those things, but it is not, it is not uncommon for people to try to take dips in these big aquariums at Capella. Are they and, taking dips naked usually? <laughs> no, no. The, the, the birthday suit one is, is a, a rare occurrence. Yeah. I was going to say that, that, that seemed like maybe not something people do. But jumping in and swimming is definitely, and getting arrested for the same things, uh, maybe not the, pl- the public. Ludeness uh, part, but, yeah. But, 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 Karen, yeah. did you know that this was a thing? I did. I did not. But I kind of cracked up. It wasn't there a point where he jumped out, yelled at the police, and yes, cannonballed back in again. Yes, yes. I mean, like, figured I'm getting arrested. Stuff ever happened when I'm in these stores? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you well, you don't know what this guy looked like, Karen. You might not want to see it. Yeah, want to see it, but like, <laughs> you could video that and then maybe make it go viral. I don't know. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> On these ungoverned social media sites. <laughs> yeah, no. you're not. Keith, Keith is over here. He's actually, he's Googling. I want to see more, more. Of, I don't want to see more of anyone cannibaling. I just but. can't imagine like, um, so that's the thing. Well, that make that kind of makes sense to me, right? It's kind of like I said, it's the equivalent of streaking <laughs> or something like that. It was really the more the the naked part of the cannonball that uh, really got me going, huh? That's a, that's a first. And I'm, I, un, unlike uh, Karen, I do not want to be there when the guy jumps in. Naked <laughs> <in> the <cannibal. laughs> okay, that sounded really wrong. <laughs> it really did sound right. You really, you really uh, put yourself in a pickle on that yeah. one. I, I did. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and a very special thanks to Karen for hanging out with us and chopping it up. Be sure to go to Secure It and check out all of their top quality gun storage products. If anyone out there has any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, or Spotify and let your voice be heard.